And welcome back to another episode of the Geek Contrarians. It's me, your boy, Eli. I'm Joe. Yeah, and, uh, well, we're reviewing The Eternals. Yep. Uh, another Marvel movie of this year, because I think, uh... The first one was Shang-Chi. Yeah, Shang-Chi. Uh, Venom, but, I mean, like, you can question that. Yeah, it's not really uh, part of the MCU. Uh, I mean, isn't it, though, now? I mean, it's a wait-and-see game. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from that, um, so we knew we were going to get Eternals, and uh, yeah, so we're just going to talk about it. Uh, and so, so, if you never don't know how this works, we usually uh, give our, uh, each give you know we give our thoughts on the film, uh, then we give a quick re- one minute review, and then we continue our conversation from there. And so that's what we're going to do. So obviously, um, we're going to have to talk about how this is probably another one of the examples from Marvel. Like taking a gamble with some characters, because this is coming from a fan of Marvel, who's read a good amount, a good amount, not everything, but a good amount, a, a decent amount, and that is, this is a hard group of characters to sell. I often always compared it to, like, this is Jack Kirby's. Um, he also made the third world, which is basically New Gods, Dark Side, All Father, Orion, all that stuff. This is kind of like the discount version for Marvel, uh, Eternals. I mean, it's you can see a lot of similarities in in, in those um, each franchise, DC and Marvels. You know those those group of characters. I mean, Orion and Icarus are probably the best examples of that. And of course, um, everyone knows Dark Side. Yeah. He is the like pinnacle character for evilness in the DC universe. Like he is Thanos, but he's like a lot worse than Thanos. Uh, yeah, like uh, Thanos, even in the comics lore, uh, mm-hmm. only really becomes sort of a massive threat when he decided to get all the Infinity Stones. Darkseid is already super strong without any sort of magic weapons, yeah. mm-hmm. so. Uh yeah yeah and no, I I, I, I yeah that. and so a lot of the characters related to Darkseid are eventually more popular than like they're not popular popular but they're more popular than the Eternals. They're probably more under like well established in their yeah. in their corresponding uh comic universe than the Eternals are mm-hmm. to the uh, mainstream Marvel universe. Yeah. And so that was always going to be the challenge. And I, I remember hearing some people being like, oh, they're going to fail because like, this is not. And I'm like, I'm, I think the movie's going to be fine because it's Marvel movies. Um, I think even still adapting this sort of these, this group of characters is a very difficult challenge. And now we have Chloe Zhao, who is like an Academy Award winning act uh, director. Sorry. And uh, I'm just going to say this right now. Yeah, she kind of deserves that, that award. Because I'm mean, right now, some of the shots, and some of the cinematography in this movie is really well done, in my opinion. I don't know if Joey's is a big. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, there definitely are some uh, moments that do look mm. visually impressive and stuff. Mm. Um, for me, it's some of the celestial stuff. Yeah, yeah, the way they use the celestials, it, they definitely sort of show off. There's, I mean, if I were to compare it to, it'd be like Guillermo del Toro doing like Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. and how like 
every time the the Jaegers, the big mechs move, you felt weight. Mm-hmm. Like you would see it walk, and you everything shook. Mm-hmm. The camera shook, the wall shook. You felt that weight. Mm-hmm. Now in in this, like, well, I don't say I wouldn't say you feel the weight, but you can feel the scope of how big they are. Like they can fill the whole screen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, heck, uh, I think the first Eternal that we get a mention of, uh, what's his name, Arash? Or, um, let me just pull up the names real quick. But yeah, it's uh, something with an E. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the first time you see that uh, Celestial, like, you just straight up just see its face. Mm-hmm. And then, like, later in the movie, you get the full scale of just, like, how ginormous... Uh, the celestials are to that like even the the like when you compare them to the size of like say any regular person that you can, you can barely see them they're just like a dot while the internals are just this huge giant uh you know cosmic being and stuff mm-hmm. which yeah this movie uh definitely gets into some cosmic stuff mm-hmm. um and yeah it's uh yeah Shem. Arshem, yeah, that's what it is. The judge. So that makes sense as to why he says this stuff later on. Yeah. And it's it's fun to see how all these uh these things go around. But now I think one thing that um uh, I think we need to talk about is uh the reviews. And I have, have a lot of people tend to be talking about this movie. Um, we're not gonna go into all the reviews, but essentially um this is a Probably the most mixed reception of a Marvel film since maybe Captain Marvel. I mean, I uh, um, I guess because uh, I think I saw I guess the response to this from like various uh, review aggregate sites being from like ranging fifty to sixty ranges. Um, Can I just say I do not agree with those. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like stuff sites like Rotten Tomatoes are always iffy because, again, they aggregate reviews. They aren't review sites themselves. They just take the various reviews that are out there on the internet and try to compile them all together to give a comprehensive score. But obviously, like you know, all those you know, like it's not taking into account like all the various all the various reviews say. Or their various problems, because obviously people will have different reasons to score a movie as a seven, right? Some people are like will be like, "Hey, I like this movie, and I rated it a seven because of such and such." Or it's like, "Well, I don't agree with you for that, but I still rated it a seven, but I rated it because of these things." And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. and okay, so obviously we, I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. Um, to see all that and like at least know that hey, just because it's bad on Rotten doesn't mean it's like bad in general. But we will be talking about our reviews, so obviously how we do it, we just do each other in one minute. And Joey, you can start us off with your thoughts on this movie. All right, so The Eternals is probably one of the more ambitious Marvel projects out to date. They, uh, you know, following this group of cosmic beings who come to Earth to uh, protect humanity from the deviants these weird monster things that feed on intelligent life and they have this sort of uh process of like 
we can help humanity, but we won't interfere with their natural progress. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and yeah, you know, it's, it's a pretty large ensemble cast. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier, uh, great cinematography, I think, uh, really good acting. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like this movie sort of feels really long and has some moments that feel very bloated, uh, with some, it feels like unnecessary stuff, but at the same time, there are various sections that work. When this movie, uh, tackles its themes, Sometimes it gets it right on the mark and it's very interesting, and other times it, it feels a bit like a slog. All right. Um, I guess that loses me. Um, obviously, uh, for me, Eternals is a fine outing, and I do agree that this is a movie that is trying to break away from the Marvel mold by doing something new. Um, whether or not it exceeds on that is totally dependent on you as a person. Um, for me, I think it did fine. I think it it uh, it could be a little bit better. They established certain things that make sense not only into the Marvel universe, but also within the characters. Um, sadly, I do feel like it's bloated, and oftentimes um, a lot of the attention is taken away or ignored. <laughs> I wouldn't say ignored, but it's not focused as well. Um, I do feel that this movie could have been paced better. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff around there and even if you want to really deep dive into a film I think there's a lot for it to take but I would have to agree that it could have been done a little bit better I don't hate this movie I think it's fine alright so what was so what would your points be uh, how would I rate it yeah uh, I think I would give Eternals probably uh, having having given enough time to gestate it in my brain probably like a 7.5 mm-hmm. like I feel like uh, seeing, not, not I don't think seeing the the how I guess various sites sort of aggregate the reviews influence me because yeah. I don't think that really counts much. because mm-hmm. uh, I feel like some people are gonna try to justify this and, and try to call this like the worst Marvel movie yet. I don't agree with that, and I wouldn't agree with a statement like that because I feel like we you know I feel like probably the least like uh my, at least my least favorite Marvel movie was probably like what Thor 2 and I think a lot of that one just came through just with like I think from the marketing and he was wanting to be dark and serious but uh didn't have that right tone for what it was doing and it, it mainly felt like a uh, stepping stone for it was just it felt like more like setup rather than a movie for itself mm-hmm. which I think uh, when it comes down to, I think, uh, what people feel like the common, uh, I wouldn't say common, but for like for people who don't like the MCU, I feel like the Thor of Dark World is sort of like how they would uh, assume an MCU movie to be just full of jokes, campy, and just there to set up a cinematic universe or whatever. And Eternals doesn't feel like that to me at all. Like, I mean, obviously, it has those moments of, like, setting of setups and stuff. I mean, uh, Kit Harrington's character uh, is kind of, like, there more or less as sort of a background character for a little bit. Mm-hmm. He does have, you know, a bit of a character and it has a connection to one of the Eternals, I think, series. Cersei. Cersei, yeah. Uh, and, you know, he does 
you know, it's Kit Harrington, so of course his character is going to have a much larger role within the universe, uh, as we sort of, as we will come to learn eventually. Because I, you know, I don't, I don't exactly know why <laughs> that I informed you. Yeah, I didn't know at the time because I just thought it was a bit bizarre that Kit Harrington uh, is in here for like maybe fifteen minutes at most. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, yeah, he 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 is a a, a, a pretty substantial character in the MCU. He's mm-hmm. playing a substantial character. MCU, um, but yeah, no, I feel like more if any, this film does like if anything wants to break out of the Marvel mode, mm-hmm. it doesn't like rely. It doesn't like fully jump into various uh, like I guess the comedic aspects of like other Marvel movies because there are jokes here and there and stuff. Some but, of them land pretty well. Yeah, but it's it's more about like I guess. This movie feels more like about like taking the idea of like what the Eternals are these characters who you know they essentially given the background of what they are they they are uh, characters who come and sort of kind of like protect humanity for a little bit and 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 I love the way they established that in in the movie with like because one of the characters' name is Icarus another character's name is Gilgamesh um, there's a character named Thena. Who, who like some people call her Athena? Yeah, and they established early on, like, yeah, all these like legends and myths about creature about these monsters and creatures and like heroic figures and people of of le- of myth and legend. These are them. They've always been there. They are true, and they've had like a sort of you know effect on people. And you can see how they inter- like essentially like help inspire the world to do a lot of the stuff heck the first people they meet is will eventually become babylon yeah they land in mesopotamia sort of uh, what is seen as sort of the cradle of civilization and like there's various flashbacks where we see them in various other ancient uh civilizations i think the gupta empire in india uh the aztecs in, Mes- in, in, mm-hmm. in mexico and stuff so uh yeah we we do see them sort of go around the world sort of helping out uh protect them from the deviants but as well as just help them advance their cultures and stuff within reason within reason yes because uh the head eternal throughout all of this ajax uh played by it, some hag yeah some hag yeah uh it's sort of like we cannot interfere in any of their battles or wars or whatever we need to let them have their natural course Sure, we can give them technology, but not like you know, give them like super advanced stuff super early on. It's like you. It's like if you were to travel travel through time and you showed a guy who like from like the nineteen I don't know eighteen forties, be like, "Hey, man, this is an iPhone," and they're like, "Witchcraft <laughs> and all that kind of stuff." I don't think... Well, I well not with, no, you know what I'm going with. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, 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 it would blow their mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, it would be kind of crazy for them for something like that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's... It, you know, that and that's sort of like, I guess, the sort of theme that the movie goes for, mm-hmm. at least in my... From what, I, from what I got from it, is just sort of like, all right, so what's what are the consequences of this and what happens... Mm-hmm. Uh... Like you know, what what's sort of these moral dilemmas? Because the like the various the characters of the Eternals have like these these dilemmas of like we must not interfere 
but some of the internals do sort of get attached to humans. Yeah. And sort of like, you know, I want to protect them. I want to, you know... Like, there's, so, there's something about humanity that, like, intrigues us, these godlike beings. Yeah, and it's like, it's, I, you know, I want to help them become the best they can be. Yeah, it's, it's a like, very, like, it's like one of those things that I've always liked about Superman. It's like, yeah, he's like this godlike being, but he wants to be, like, he wants to be human. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he envies humanity because of the stuff they're able to do and, you know, stuff. It's, it's, a, it, and just, it, I mean, it's a common trope in most stories, especially in comic books, but you kind of get why. And it's established for, especially for one character, because we see this one character really love humanity. And you you know that's how most of them see it, especially when they spend time with them. And there's a moment with another character who wants to help them. and But then he sees, like, the sort of horrors that humanity is capable of, even questions whether or not we should help them. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, for me, that's a scene that really stuck to me. And that's why I feel like, hey, you know, this could be this could be really good. By the way, I didn't give my rating. Uh, I feel like it's a, at least an 8. But mm. I'm willing to admit that there's a lot of problems with this movie. Right. Because, like, here's the thing. You talked about it bloated. Because on the, on the right back, we were talking about, like, what was, there's something, like, it's not terrible, but something feels off. And you said it's the way it was edited or... More like it, the way it's structured. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily editing wise, but th- just how the movie is goes about its ways. Because mm-hmm. we go, we sort of jump back and forth between sort of the modern day, like happening now of the Eternals, sort of like peak uh, coming together again to stop you know this new existential crisis of the Earth. Mm-hmm. But we get like these flashbacks to when they were, you know, traveling around the world in ancient times, helping defeat deviants and stuff. And a lot of those segments, at least for me, like felt like really long. Mm-hmm. Like they, they take up like a good chunk of the movie of just like, we're here in one bit, various characters discussing. And then we like, just jump right back to modern times in like, they're, they're almost kind of used as like transitionary scenes almost because like as soon as like one flash as soon as the flashback starts but when it, when it ends like the characters are all in like a different place like because essentially it's them having to round everybody up again mm-hmm. so oftentimes it feels like oh here i feel like it's half explaining like who these characters are and like what happened to them over the course of like uh all human history and stuff. And, uh, I mean, like, and I don't think it's necessarily bad because a lot of those flashbacks are inherently interesting because we, it is kind of like neat to see, like, uh, I guess depictions of stuff like ancient Babylon, mm-hmm. uh, and like various other ancient cultures in sort of a big screen setting. You know, it's yeah. kind of neat to see that. And you can, and also to see like aspects of like, oh, this is where they got that story. Yeah. Like, like I said earlier, there's a character named Gilgamesh. There's a point where, like, yeah, you know that story of Gilgamesh where he fights, like, this monster? This is that. Yeah. Like, this is that scene. And it's early in the movie, and I'm like, wow, that's like, super cool. And, like, you could argue that a lot of the stuff that they've done has influenced culture and all that kind of stuff. And a sort of, like, you know, like, they learn from us, we learn from that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, like, for me, like, it was really weird, too, because, like, I love the flashback scenes more than the scenes in the present. Because, like, they were just so interesting. And I think that's where, like, a lot of, like, the, char- the, the character of these characters really shine. Especially with someone like Cersei and someone like Icarus. And even um, Brian, Ty- Brian Terry Henry's character, whose name I'm forgetting. I'm Isn't it Hephaestus or something? Hephaestus, yes. Yeah, which I'm assuming he's supposed to be Hephaestus. Yeah. Because he's like the uh, the brains. He, he makes, he invents all the stuff and helps humanity get, he gives humanity technology every mm-hmm. now and again. He, he's, he gives them the tech boost sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's super, yeah. I, and I definitely think that the, uh, I, like, the uh, flashback scenes are definitely, I think, inherently more interesting because we see that sort of progression. And at least the modern day stuff, and I don't think it's bad necessarily. It's just that a good chunk of it is the modern day stuff is just devoted to like we gotta round everybody up again, get the g- gang back together, you know. Mm-hmm. So we gotta get a band. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I think like because this movie is like two and a half hours long, mm-hmm. uh, and I think because of like a lot of that sort of how this movie's structured. It really feels like it kind of drags in some areas because of sort of like the constant shift between the modern day setting, the modern day setting, and then having to jump through these extended flashback sequences of just seeing the characters and having them deal with like sort of the moral questions of like, are we really, you know, is it really worth having to, is our like, is this really like, are good like a good enough mission of just like helping them advance not helping them whenever there's like bad things happening to them where we're just supposed to sit back and watch because i mean this is a line from the trailer obviously uh kid harry new characters like so why didn't you guys show up when thanos showed up or all the hundreds of wars and conflicts in human history mm-hmm. and cersei's is like I mean, we weren't. We we were told we couldn't because the Celestials said we couldn't. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I think that's one of the best... I think that's one of the things that's well established and you can see why and how that affects a lot of characters. Because there's like at least three examples of people being like, yeah, no, f- that's bull. We could easily help these people. Look at them. They're suffering. Mm-hmm. They're dying. If you just let me like, no. The prime director says, you know, that's yeah, but and it's and it's funny how you know that's throughout the film, and I think you're right because it feels very like weirdly structured because they're telling us this isn't that, and they cut away into like, okay, this is them now, they were they were angry before, but they're I guess they're cool now, mm-hmm. and it's really kind of weird for me. Um, I d- I think we did have a discussion like maybe this movie was meant to be like in two parts, or maybe that would have that would have like affected it better. Yeah, this is I I I had this thought like would would it be interesting if this movie was a two part movie, mm-hmm. like the first part being for all of this ancient you know like what they did in the past, and sort of like it ends off with them going their separate ways, and then a second movie sort of like you know bringing them back together, and. I think it could work, but at this, I could understand why they didn't do something like that because, mm. like you said earlier, the Eternals as characters 
are a hard sell to a mainstream audience, mm-hmm. right? Like, granted, the idea of, I guess, other aliens coming to our planet to help develop our civilizations and stuff is not, like, super unheard of because there's a certain show on the History Channel that's made, like, 13 seasons of exploring that dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into a rant about the uh, uh, the ancient alien show. But listen, it was fun at first, but now it's like, calm the fuck down. Yeah, you know, like, I think there was an episode where they're like, "What if Bigfoot is an alien, or, or what if we were Bigfoot and then aliens came and changed us?" Was that really an episode? Yes, I'm pretty sure that was an episode. That sounds stupid. They've done like they also done like at least four different episodes on the Easter Island heads, and they all come to various different conclusions. It's like, I don't know. That, that I'm not going to get into it. We're talking about Marvel. But yeah, yeah I mean, I ha- it had to be said because this movie does sort of dwell into that idea. I mean, here's the thing. Jack Kirby is a big fan of mythology and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's not that hard to believe that he could have been into like the whole Chariot of the Gods kind of stuff. I mean, look, look, um, look back at, you know, Fourth World. Dark Side, Apocalypse, and New Genesis. Um, they are the new gods. When the old gods died, the new gods came, and there's New Genesis. This is the All Father, who is like the the one who who's in charge of all the new god the the guys from New Genesis, like Mercury, um, and other characters like Orion. A lot of them borrow like a lot of names from mythology and you even in eternals you can hear that you have cersei you have icarus you know a sprite could be a reference to something else you know yeah there's a character named druid who sounds very much like druid yeah and that's why i made a comment of being like wait so his name is spelled druid but if i feel like half the time he pronounces druid you know like yeah. as in like you know and we mentioned it earlier with thena her it's they make a clear uh you know connection that she was the inspiration for Athena, the goddess of war. Yeah, like Sprite, I think, has a moment where she's like, you are the goddess of Athena, no, you know, the god of war. Or, you know, Nina, yeah. you know. Heck, one of the characters' name is Gilgamesh, who is, like, considered, like, the first epic hero. Yeah, like, the, the epic of Gilgamesh is <laughs> considered to be, like, the first, you know, story that's been written down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh and yeah, it's it's uh you can see that and and especially like through all Jack Kirby's work, especially in the Eternals, it is like the the core idea of what he always had. Heck, I've even heard like conversations that because Stanley and Jack Kirby made a lot of characters, you know, the fourth world stuff and the Eternals were mostly his idea. But you know, he even designed stuff like Galactus and you know the Silver Surfer, and he often compared Galactus to sort of like a really godlike figure. This sort of like character who doesn't care. He just does, you know, what he feels is, you know, right. Or, you know, that kind of stuff. Like a very, like, would you expect a god to do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, his, and like, so or such would be like his, his messenger, his angel, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you can see that in a lot of the characters he's helped develop. And seeing it here, you, you see that, especially with Icarus. Because, man, everyone's like, Everyone makes jokes in this movie about Icarus flying around. Like, oh, yeah. So, so you're the reason that that whole like Icarus flying to the sun, like 
yeah, that guy over there made that story up. Yeah. It's like, all right, that's cool. Um, also, the speedster's name is, because um, it's a speedster character, it's a play on the on the name of of uh, Mer- of uh, like Mercury, mm-hmm. like you know the messenger god who's yeah. gonna be real fast. Yeah, that's that's there. Okay, all right, yeah, because I feel like how they don't usually say their name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she's also uh, uh, is doing sign language. Yeah, this is a very diverse cast. Yeah, uh, are we? Is the actress uh, mute? Uh, let me double check on that. Continue with your thoughts. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, I think those are some of the problems. I think the, uh, I guess the other issue I had with this film, if we can, if you want to see all my issues, uh, is the deviants themselves. Uh, granted, uh, not design-wise, because I think they, they look pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more of, like, their use in the story. Because they seem more like, uh, they kind of just get thrown to the wayside towards the end. She was born deaf to hearing parents. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Oh, she's Mex- She's half Mexican. Okay. Half yeah. African. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. That's uh, yeah. 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 That is very interesting. And I guess it sort of makes sense to have sort of. A, 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 you can even say that she she taught everyone sign language. That is true, because like they communicate mainly through sign language, which are obviously mm-hmm. uh, that's very interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, the deviants themselves—they uh, are—they have a cool designs, but uh, yeah, they definitely feel a bit underutilized in the story. No, yeah, because there's a they—they per- they have a purpose in the story, but like they are essentially a tertiary uh, group of people. Yeah, it's like a—they're like a secondary or tertiary threat. Mm-hmm. But towards the end of the story, which is sort of like kind of weird. I mean, they do have like some uh, interesting moments with the deviants because you know they're like, wait, I thought we killed all the deviants and they've come back and they are doing some mm-hmm. weird shit. And it's like, and you learn sort of the origins uh, eventually. And it's like, oh, okay, this is interesting. But mm-hmm. by the end of the movie, they're just kind of like, eh. mm-hmm. it's like, all right. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think the the whole idea is that the it's 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 centered around more of the the law of the Eternals loving humanity and like wanting to protect it. So because there's a, there's a there is a more prevalent threat and that mm-hmm. takes more center stage in the situation than the deviants ever could. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I don't I don't disagree with you. It is very like weird because even I was thinking like because there's a point where the deviants was I'm like, why are you even here? Yeah, I think even some of the characters like wait. What the heck? What's going on? <laughs> Wait, why why are we having to deal with this mess? Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the Celestials? I uh yeah, I think they look pretty cool. Uh I think you uh, hit the nail right on the head. They uh uh the way they're presented in, in this film, they you really get the sort of the size, and I think I mentioned a little bit of it earlier, that you can like there's like I think a shot of like when uh when we get the full scale of the Celestial for the first time, mm-hmm. and just like uh, seeing, uh, you know, like how small our characters are compared to uh, Arshin, mm-hmm. is just like holy crap! That is that giant. is huge. Yeah, there's even a point where like we get like a whole view of Arshin compared to say a planet, 
and you're like, okay, so now we know what's going to happen if Galactus ever shows up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Galactus isn't a celestial, but he is a... He's a, around their size. Yeah, and, we're, and you know, it's just like, boy, that's going to be like... Because I think I, I, I said it to you uh, when we saw that sequence, and I was like, it, man, I, I guess now we know what, what how Galactus will fucking look like if he ever shows up in the MCU. He won't be a fucking cloud. Yeah, he won't be a cloud. Which I was like, I was willing to forgive if he was like like inside the cloud. Yeah. But then he was like, no, it's just the cloud. It's just the cloud. And I'm like, mm, uh, bullshit. That hurt. I want to see the man in the skirt. No. Uh, I, I will say it's funny how, like, in, in the comics, especially with Kirby, they're kind of like more, have a more like a robotic look. Here, they look like they're made of stone. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I guess it kind of maybe makes some sense because, you know, I guess Celestials were around since the dawn of uh, existence. existence. So. Uh, I think they. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's sort of thematically like they 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 are stone and they make stuff mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's certainly interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do. I like how the uh, um, celestials are portrayed in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there anything else you want to mention as we continue on? Ah, uh, not at the moment. I think I got most of my, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, issues with the movie out. No, no. Okay, so here is this. We 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 talked about how it's just an aggravator and it doesn't, you know, it shouldn't really convey your thoughts. But like, how do you feel about most people saying that or feeling that this is like a like that low of a, of a film? I I feel like I don't know. It, it's it's. It, because like like I'm not I know we talked about it earlier, but what I'm saying is that I feel like this being a more like because this is where I'm going with with this question is essentially um this being a very different film than most Marvel movies I feel like as a it kind of skewed a lot of people's thoughts on it because like going in you 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 kind of already used to Marvel movies we had like ten fucking years of this stuff one being like extremely different feels very off for some people mm-hmm. and now don't get me wrong like i said there's like some issues we talked about it with the structure um feeling very off that maybe this would have been better if it was a two-parter and all that kind of stuff but there's moments where i'm like yeah there's some really good stuff going on like there's a scene with like as i mentioned earlier with brian teddy henry's character that made me go like oh and there's even a moment where like oh that's more fucked up than we thought <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but like we'll see. I mean, like uh, that's my that's my take. I don't know about you. I yeah, I feel like it's very uh, disingenuous to say that this is like the worst Marvel movie mm-hmm. because this movie has a ton of merit. I mean, we said it earlier. The cinematography is great. I think uh, the acting is solid all around. Mm-hmm. The music, uh, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a moment where when it hit, that that song hit. Yeah, uh, it's just sort of, I guess, execution wise mm-hmm. is sort of like where it kind of falls apart. Because mm-hmm. you know, like, but they, you know, it's that you can definitely tell there's some creative forces of wanting to portray this movie in this way. Yeah, right. And I feel like it's interesting because, and I feel like most critics of the mcu are kind of like they're all the same mm. it's always the same stuff 
you know it's like uh why can't they do something more creative or interesting and it's like we kind of are getting like a more creative and interesting uh movie like that sort of tries to break as much of the mcu mold as it can while still being an mcu movie and you know hey listen they're not all gonna be hits i mean yeah like it's taken what like more than 10 years to get like one that actually at least from i guess maybe a, uh from like maybe mainstream review sites being uh actually lower than like a 60 percent or whatever mm-hmm. that's kind of interesting and I think it's more, it speaks more of like, more to, of, you know, the character, like sort of like the characters they chose mm-hmm. for this movie rather than more or less the MCU, like an MCU fatigue. Cause I'm like, if anything, you feel like Black Widow would have gotten these types of reviews, right? Because I mean, that's what people were saying. Mm-hmm. With Black, at least some critics have, were saying that, like, oh, it feels a bit too samey, you know? Yeah. Right. But they don't try anything new. Yeah, and then, you know, Shang-Chi, I'm pretty sure, got some pretty solid reviews. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, I don't think it's uh, linked to anything like a Marvel fatigue or superhero fatigue in general. No. I, it's, I think it's more of like, for, for some people, just this movie just wasn't like as interesting. Or, or it wasn't what they were expecting. Or, yeah, or what they were expecting. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, like, for me, like, I've, I've, I've been telling this to everyone who, who, who wants to go check out The Eternals. Because it's one of those things where, like, they're interested in it, and um, and I would tell them, the Eternals are just a hard character to nail down. Like, there hasn't been much with them, and if there was, it's just very kind of little. Because I think the the only there's only like, right now three big books, and now by I mean three three big books, there are only three books with them that I can think of, and it's the original Jack Kirby stuff, uh, Neil Gaiman. And the one that's currently on with, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, he he's written other books like uh, the Wicked and the Vine. I'm just gonna look it up real quick. But like that tells you how you know tough these characters are, because like almost no one really knows how to nail them. Because even the Neil Gaiman one, and Neil Gaiman is like one of the best known comic writers. And I'm not saying it, it was a bad, you know, you know, bad book, but even he has some trouble trying to get it down because he would do some stuff on like, wait, what? Something about dreams and like <laughs> all that stuff. And it's, it, you know, you just have to go with it. Right. And here you kind of get the same kind of situation. I mean, like, I mean, I still enjoyed it. I think it was fine. Uh, Karen Gillian, that's what's the name. You know, I was wasting time to to, uh, to get to that name, but essentially, it. I think this is probably a better thing that that a lot of people can get into with, with the Eternals. Uh, I think it could have been. I could have been executed a lot better, though. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree because I, I think because there is a story there in the movie. Yeah, and you know, uh, there's elements and like themes and stuff. And, like, when it hits, it hits. Yeah. And I, I think you're right in that it's it's really the pacing. And maybe it would have been better if they did it as a two-parter. But, like, it all depends. We don't know if, like, they trusted it enough or 
they didn't think of it at the time or whatever reason they they could have not to make it a two-parter but you know we 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 got at least a decent film out of it and i don't want marvel to not try something new because i want them to try something new like when like when you read comics oftentimes you know they're either standard or there's some they do something really crazy with the character like i always go back to this with the hulk hulk easy thing to know he's angry he's always angry He's, he's fighting some big giant monster. Hey, how about we take Hulk and do like a sort of horror vibe to him. Him doing some supernatural stuff. And some like Cronenberg kind of transformations. And you know what? That's like one of the best selling Hulk books ever. At one point it outsold Batman. And everyone's like, yeah, because he's an adventure. <laughs> yeah. Hulk by himself doesn't sell as much against a Batman. If Hulk was able to beat Batman in sales, that means something. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, I'm pretty sure uh, the top three superheroes that sell in terms of merchandise and comics and stuff are like Superman, Batman, and Spider Man. Somewhere around those lines, yes. So, somewhere around the lines, usually is like those are the top three, mm-hmm. right? And it, it's up until recently have the Avengers characters themselves mm-hmm. gotten high. Because I mean, remember Iron Man before the first Iron Man movie was a B tier character. Mm-hmm. Like he was that's being nice. <laughs> yeah, and that's being nice. Uh but you know, now Iron Man is like up with the best of them. Like every kid now who's grown who's grown up like before like since Iron Man came out, who knows who Iron who Iron Man is. Yeah. Ask right? any kid from the ni- who grew up in the nineties. And they'll be like Who? Yeah. They like, give him the Star Lord who? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I I definitely do think uh, I think do think that like I think part of like why I guess the idea of maybe doing a two part movie I I think it is down to like uh, just not being uh, they probably weren't that sure because like and again like you said the Eternals are a hard sell and they're harder than Guardians of the Galaxy yeah when I say there's only been three books there's only been three books. Yeah, so like one with Kirby, Karen Gillian, and Neil Gaiman, and there are decades in between each one. Yeah, so like when you have like that sort of like you know when they're that well that that unknown to the to a modern audience and stuff, you gotta like I mean I don't know you gotta do, you gotta try your best <laughs> try your best to make them at least at least mainstream appeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean I guess maybe the movie didn't do as well, but I think it does a lot to sort of show off these characters. And we, at least it, it always seems like Marvel will always like back those characters to a certain extent, unless it's like really like not well reviewed or I mean, look at like, um, uh, the Inhumans show. Mm. Right. And that was handled by a different creative team too. Yeah, I mean, we probably won't get Inhumans ever in the MCU, probably. I mean, Kamala Khan is an Inhuman Miss Marvel. But they're probably, like, just, like, wavily, like, say, she's not Inhuman. Or, like, she's an Inhuman. What's that? Uh, It's... uh, Don't worry about it. Look over there. (laughs) What? Bird. Yeah. Magic dust. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, magic dust. (laughs) Uh, Or in some cases, uh, pocket tape. Yeah, just like, ah, what the... Now enjoy the movie. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but no, I think at the end of the day, I mean, Eternals is, was a sort of a gamble. I mean, 
when you look at the slate of the of, of phase four you know all the stuff has come out including uh disney plus shows like yeah this is sort of like the phase where marvel is trying new and different things mm-hmm. right because i think we've had this discussion at least every time we talk about mcu stuff we always have this sort of tangent where it's like like this is sort of the phase where Marvel is trying to, you know, do something different. I mean, WandaVision is clearly different from most of the stuff, but we had the palate cleansers with uh, Black, originally Black Widow and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Soldier, but you know, because of current world events, they had to get delays and various other things. Mm. And you know, we would have gotten those as palate cleansers, and then we would slowly get into like some of the weirder stuff: WandaVision, Loki. Uh, what if what if to a certain extent shang chi yeah shang chi was like their kung fu movie and for the most part it landed yeah it landed pretty well Mm -hmm. uh and here we have uh a space opera-esque uh historical fantasy epic movie or whatever Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, yeah, for some people, that's going to be, like, super in- interesting and intriguing. And other people are like, what is going on? I do not understand. Welcome to comic books. What am I am, like, what is up with all this cosmic stuff? This is so weird. Yeah, there's going to be something. This is going to be another one of those movies where, like, okay, I need to talk to my comic book friend and ask him who the fuck was that. And then they'll be like, honestly, dude, I don't even know. And they're like, oh, no. And they're going to be like. Well, this is, and they're like, why did I even ask? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Or it's like, well, actually, this is a, well, all right, this is a, uh, all right, I'm, all I'm right, sitting here uh, for 50 minutes. All right. That's enough. I didn't need to add all that. I didn't need the life story of this character. Because, like, I will say there was, uh, in the mid scene, they introduced, like, two characters. And now I'm just like, oh. Oh, you crazy son of a bitch. You've done it. You brought that character and you Oh that is a that is a comic accurate suit. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, and I was just like, oh yeah, I think I vaguely remember that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then this one the other one comes in and I'm like, oh, I at least know that character. I know who that actor is. <laughs> I know who that actor is. That's only that's the only reason you want to watch the next movie with that character. Because you know the actor. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, I mean obviously the po- the, the mid credit scene, you know, mm-hmm. does the whole the Eternals will return or whatever. So, I mean, we might, obviously, we, they, Marvel definitely has at least some plan for these characters. Um, there has been a sequel announced, but, like, they're probably going to take what they've done with this one and be like, okay, what can we do better? Because, one, critics might not have liked it, but fans liked it. Yeah, I think that might be sort of the general dissonance. It might be another one of those, like, fans are fine with it, but the critics are very sort of mm-hmm. eh with it. Uh, but like like uh, Godzilla vs King Kong, right? Where critics are like, "Well, this is just a dumb monster movie," and uh, and all the fans are like, "That's exactly what we wanted." Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I totally wanted to see Godzilla and Kong just beat the shit out of Mecha Godzilla. That shit was beautiful. It brings a tear to a man's eyes. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it, you know that that could be just something. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I guess. You you know at the end of the day you know a critical reception you know it, it you doesn't know. mean that's what it is yeah because like, I mean friggin uh, there's probably tons of cult classic movies and stuff that don't weren't 
lower seeds back in the day and only now are people like really into them thank you want to get a good example empire strikes back that was a that movie was mixed when it first came out you want an even crazier example what citizen kane <laughs> that movie which is considered by various film uh buffs and stuff to be one of the greatest movies of all time if not the greatest movie of all time mainly because of film techniques and stuff not necessarily the plot but uh yeah that movie was received as eh by critics at the time but it was only through uh you know film analysis and like historians and stuff years later where it's like no this movie is actually really really interesting and unique and look at all the stuff they do with all the camera tricks and stuff this is a groundbreaking movie you know so there's the ones that are like Okay, it's it's a good film, but it's not the greatest movie of all time. Yeah, and there's also that too. So, like at the end of the day, you know, opinions aren't facts, and you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta decide for yourself whether you enjoy something or not. Mm-hmm. And for us, we thought this movie was all right. It was all right. Has problems, but it is nowhere near as bad as I think. I think mainstream critics are are saying. Mm-hmm. And I think most fans will sort of agree. Yeah, it's all right. It's not like the worst thing ever. I mean, again, Thor the Dark World is probably worse in terms of just like, in you know, mm-hmm. in terms of like just how it's executed itself as well. At least here we get some good cinematography and sort of various interesting themes and like cool character moments and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was, was going to say some visually striking stuff. But yeah, um, that was uh, our thoughts on the film. If you enjoy what you heard, please be sure to follow us on all social medias. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are our most common ones. Instagram is the one we always use. Uh, at the Geeks and Terrians. And if you go to Instagram, you'll find links to all of our sites that we are officially part of. Like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, all that good stuff. And a link to our YouTube where you audio listeners out there can put a face to the voice. And of course... We have a Patreon. It's always been it's been dry for the past few months, but you know that's fine. Uh, anything helps. And now that's gonna be it for today. We both enjoyed Eternal, so hopefully you did too. Uh, we understand if you didn't. And yeah, that's it. That's the end of the episode. It's been your boy Eli. It's me, Joe. And we are the Gifted Yeah, guys, have a good one. Peace.